Previously on Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. From here on, we're going to use initiative to determine who we're going to follow first because the party is splitting up. We're going to go through this alleyway and we're going to wait. All right. As long as you're there, I guess I, I, I'll, I'll be able to do it. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to get lunch, uh, dinner, whatever. I'm going to offer the first person who comes out the door some drugs. Nice. And then we're going to kill him. The door that you're waiting next to flings open really fast. And this man and this woman come out and they're ugly screaming match at each other. They don't even notice you. He pulls open the door, runs in and slams the door behind him. And she just slides down against the alley and she's just sobbing. She's going to kneel close and just kind of whisper, Honey, I saw what happened. Are you okay? She grabs a hold of you and sticks her face into your rapidly decaying clothing and lets it out. She's really close to all of your spores. You can feel every part of her. You can feel the beat of her heart in her chest and you can feel a faster beat in her abdomen. Can we split up? Cause I want to follow that guy inside. So Greg, you open that door. There's about four other people. You know what? I'll buy you all around. I saw you had a tough time out there with that dumb broad. Thanks man. You know what? Make that two rounds. Cheers to new beginnings. You want to be someone. Uh huh. I'll show you how to be great. So I put my arm around Jean and he leads him towards the front door. Let me just go check with the boss. No need to go check with him. He's expecting me. I'll be right back. Just wait right here. You're waiting a while. Oh boy. The other guard comes down, whispers to him, roll initiative. Because you set off a very loud thunder wave, the guards that you met outside are going to see you fighting on the stairs. I'm going to cast Burning Hands. You have just killed four people and you are halfway up the stairs. So I'm going to continue up stealthily. You are now looking inside of a nicely appointed office, and there is a rope tied around the leg of the desk that leads to an open window. Seriously? I just want to do another sweep of the office to see if I can um, find out where this guy lives. You find some personal correspondence. It shows his home address, his children's home addresses. Okay, my intention is to exit the building if there's a fray of people outside to somehow meld into the crowd and then just leave. Welcome to the good year, sir. Would you like a menu? I am looking for uh, something a little bit more aged for a friend of mine. He said red. Do you have any darker elderberry? Of course. Would you like to sample a bottle first? I would like to sample. I mean, do you have any bottles already opened? I'll bring you a glass, sir. We will have the bottles ready for you when you are ready to make your departure. Thank you. Eventually, you finish the glass, and then you start to notice you feel less viscous. Am I officially drippy yet? I'm going to need you to make a charisma saving throw. Because you made your save, you are able to will your drippiness back into its appropriate shape. But you feel if you stop having your concentration, you may start to sag. I'm going to walk over to the table of people who were talking. Floyd, is that you? Um, I'm sorry, please excuse me. You look rather familiar to me. I have no idea what you're trying to accomplish here, but this is definitely a deception check. I just want to talk to somebody. Uh, my name is Osvaldo. I'm new to the business district here. I am part of a mercantile business group. What do you mostly traffic in? Art, artifacts, reclaimed by adventurers. I personally make sure that bandits or any other people who try to take them are put correctly in their place. 
he's off-put by your suggestion of physical force. How about I leave you my card, and we can continue discussing business opportunities the next day. And he holds out the business card to you. I don't take it, and I say, I'm sure I'll be able to find you. As you're returning to your seat, a gray white-haired human, well-dressed, black garb with white accents, walks in. Ah, uh, yes, Mr. Gillette. It's wonderful to see you again, sir, with your regular table. And that's where we'll be picking up. We'll be going in the order of Greg, Sanjuna, Bambi, then Banked. Welcome back to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. I'm Scott, he, him, and I'm the DM. Hi, I'm Tommy, he, him pronouns, and I play Lieutenant Banked Marceau. Hi, I'm DeSombra, she, her pronouns, and I play Greg. Hi, I'm Lena, she, her, and I play Sanjana. Hi, I'm Jin, they, them, and I play Bambi. Greg, you're going out the front. Okay. I'm going out the front. And you're walking arm in arm with this guy, and he's singing the power chords, but really screwing up the lyrics to Life on the Snout. Yeah, and I hate him. Like, I hate him even more. Did it go? Off key and awful. So, just just quick side note. I, I assume Life on the Snout is kind of like Journey. I'd imagine that it's either Journey or it's Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that's, like, what he basically was. Anyway, go on. Bless him, he's trying to hit those high notes and just not working for him. He is not a naturally gifted singer. You are out the front door, and he is making a good amount of noise. Do I know any of the alleys? I mean, this bar, you've probably been passed out in a couple of the alleys around here. Right. If not all of the alleys around here. But that was a long time ago. All right. If I go north, would I know if there was an alley that way? This is D&D. Roll me an intelligence check. Yeah. All right. I rolled a 10. So it takes you a while. And by this point, a number of streets later, you think you recognize this particular alley that might serve your purposes, but it's been a good couple of minutes and he's been singing the whole time up and down the street at the top of his drunken lungs. This is going to be annoying. All right, we got to go this way. But the only thing is, Gene, uh -huh. when we go to my guy. Yeah, your guy. You gotta be You're the, the guy, guy, man. You are the guy. Thank you, but I got a guy too. Listen, a guy listen to me. For a guy. Look at me. You're a great guy. L look at look at me, Gene. I'm looking. Look at me. Your eyes are weird. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta just don't speak ever again. Right. Just just, just stop speaking. And he puts his finger up to your beak. <laughs> it's okay. And he puts his finger to his lips. He's like. <laughs> and Greg is absolutely disgusted, but he's holding it in because he's got his arm around him and he's pulling him along. He's pulling him along this alley and he's looking around. Is there anyone there? Make a perception check, please. Greg rolled a six. Looks fine. Mm. 
He pulls them further into the alley. Now, this particular alley, is it a dead end? Yes, it's a dead end. But there is a fence rather than the wall of a building. Can he look behind the fence? No, right. Not without some kind of athletics check to see over it. Not worth it. <laughs> I rate. As, as with all of these alleys, there are piles of trash everywhere. Yeah, he's going to bring them near the pile of trash. Perfect. And he goes, okay, my guy's going to come soon. And he pulls him really nice and close. And he grabs uh, him by the neck. Okay. That is an attack roll, but it can just become a grapple. Okay. A grapple, yeah. Yes. Does, do I still have to roll for that? You still have to roll for the attack, though, because he could be like, shove off, man. Okay. So I rolled an 18. Yep. You've got him. You've got him by the back of the head. And you can multi-attack because of your vampireness. I will, but can I talk in between? Sure, talking is a free action. I get really close to him. You know, I wasn't a somebody. I was nothing. I was a filthy piece of garbage to everyone. But even I wasn't as bad as you are. What you did to your wife was disgusting. Your waste of flesh. And then I bite his neck. It's slowly starting to dawn on him, and his eyes are getting wider. Roll another attack roll. 23. Because this is a commoner, and because you have a ridiculous strength score, if you roll your lowest, you will deal a minimum of five bite damage and two necrotic damage from your vampire bitiness. You'll deal a minimum of seven. So if any of your dice are anything other than ones, yes. you will deal more than twice his maximum HP, making him dead instantly. Wow. So I'm not even going to make you roll damage. Okay. His heartbeat is fast as you bite down. <laughs> as your beak pierces the neck, you feel that warm rush of the most delicious flavor. For weeks, you've been feeding on beasts and livestock. None of that blood ever tasted like you remembered blood tasting like in life. Each species would taste slightly different, and as one might expect, you start to develop preferences, like pig is better than goat, chickens are a good staple, but it can get kind of repetitive, mice are surprisingly good, but never filling, you know, like popcorn. But anything was better than lizard. Always with these beasts, there was that faint hint of unpleasant coppery taste that made you know what you were doing, that made you feel gross about it. But this doesn't even taste like blood. As you drink deeper, you feel nourished, strong. Everything feels sharper. The heartbeat slows. <laughs> You feel a little struggling in your arms, and you instinctually clamp down, and your meal yelps. This is fine. It's expected. It's good. The heartbeat is so slow now. Eventually, you stop feeling the small 
kicks and struggles, the pushing, just light ragdoll. And it's done. All right. So you have your freedom after murdering four people, you monster. <laughs> what do you intend to do with it? Uh, well, let's see if I can find a nice quiet spot to go figure out how I can get to some of those addresses. I don't think he'll actually go home first, but uh, maybe checking in on some of his kids. I'll leave a message. You know how it is. Okay, sure. So which of the kids do you want to check first? You've got a couple of different options. I should probably give all of those kids names, huh? <laughs> Why? Don't bother. They might Nah, die. let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so you have Seymour Jr., you have uh, Meredith, and you have, uh, let's say, Braden. I don't know. I'm just coming up with names here. Of course, all of these are Deweys. All right, let's visit Seymour Jr. first, because he probably is married with kids, making him very vulnerable. So Seymour Jr., uh, sorry, let me just quickly roll something. When you arrive at Seymour Jr.'s house, it's in a relatively nice part of town, because fairly successful law practice generally yields pretty good money. There are lights on in the building. And it seems that there's quite a few people. As you get closer to the house, a pair of dwarves, let's say it's a male and a female dwarf, exit the building uh, and walk down the, the steps. One is leaning on the other, not even really paying attention to you. As they pass by, you just hear them say, such a shame, such a shame. Huh. Can I watch to see where they're going? Sure. They're just heading down the street. Hmm. Are they armed? No, they're both wearing black clothes. They're fairly well-dressed, but definitely, uh, definitely all black. And one of them is wearing a black veil. Oh. With like a little kerchief under the eyes. Like, so sad, so sad. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay, I'm, my hesitation is because I'm trying to figure out whether I want to disguise myself or just go up as is or show them my hag face you know what i'm gonna sneak up to the house i want to be able to get close enough that i can hopefully hear what's going on and what those dwarves possibly were talking about because that looks like morning clothes to me and i'm wondering who's dead already because no one's supposed to be dead until i say so uh this does not bode well for uh sanjana and her mission fair enough so yeah, I'm going to sneak up to the house. Okay, so roll me a stealth check. Sneak-a-dick, sneak a -dick. I rolled a 22. You are the knight. <laughs> there are lights on inside and it looks like a bunch of people. But the door is open. How are you approaching? Uh, I'm just going to stay as close, maybe go, uh, like, yeah, parallel to the door, like, along the wall so that I can hear. And I try and avoid going in. But I'm also going to stand in a way that it looks like I was maybe, if someone were to come out, that I was just hesitating to go in. 
And I'm not going to look like I'm sneaking, but I'm just going to stand by the door, see what I can hear, but I hope not to be seen. Okay. If that's the case, then let me just have you roll a perception check to figure out what you hear. Oof. Roll a five. Do you speak Dwarvish? Um, no, common, infernal, and thieves can't. So from the sounds of things, it, it has like that cadence of prayer. And there's a call and response element to it in Dwarven. Interesting. Is there a way to sneak around the back, see if I can get into the house not in front of all of the people who are praying? With that 22, you can sneak around the back all you like. There is a back door here because this is a private home. So as you get closer, you hear the mumbles of some people. As you're waiting long enough, somebody enters through the doorway and says, I'm so sorry for your loss. Here, have a plate of cold cuts. I was, oh, yes, thank you. Thank you, of course. Um, you could just put them over there with everything else. You see in here that they're not just dwarves. They also look to be like very well-dressed other race folk around probably clients or something, who knows, come to pay their respects. But everyone is wearing black, and there's a lot of crying going on. Okay. At this point, I'm going to go back around the front, and just as I saw those two dwarves leaving, I'm going to see if I can approach someone to find out who actually passed away. Uh, sure, it'll be a little while before somebody leaves, but you can kill that time. Eventually, this elven gentleman leaves, and he's dabbing it under his eyes with a kerchief, and he moves uh, down the street away from the house. All right, I'm going to approach him. Not creepily. Okay. Just curious. Excuse me. Yes, how may I help you? He tucks the, he tucks the kerchief into his sleeve. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to disturb you. Is everything all right? Yes, just a close personal friend had a tragedy in the family that's all oh i'm so sorry if you don't mind me asking what happened <sighs> mr dewey's daughter died this afternoon from complications of childbirth <gasps> oh my oh that's so sad yes the entire family is really choked up about it and uh, i just came to pay my respects and seeing them in such a state it it, it hurts my heart. Oh, that is so tragic. It's, I, I am familiar with the family. I, I, I know the law firm. Uh, I, I would like to pay my respects. Uh, is everyone there? I mean, most everyone. Is, uh, is a senior Seymour there? Um, it's a friend of my father's. Oh, I saw him come in uh, at one point. Um... I, I saw him enter, but then I, I was wrapped up in conversation. I, I, don't, I don't know if he's still in there. He might be, if you'd like to check, I'm sure. Oh, yes. That, that's, that's so sad. Thank you for letting me know. Oh, it's just a shame. Just a shame. Yes, it's, it's a terrible shame. Um, I really should be going. Uh, I, 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 I'm sorry for your losses as well, since they were, since apparently they're a friend of your family's. Best of luck to you, uh, and uh, have yourself a wonderful evening. You as well. He pulls out the kerchief, dabs around his eyes again, and just moves on. Very stately, very tall, very shoulders back, very smooth glide. Yep. Looks like money smells like money. Oh dear, now we got a tragedy on our hands. Looks like there's going to be two dead people in the family. 
My condolences, seriously. Hmm. All right. Back to the house. All right. How do you want to go? There's the back door. There's the front door. There's windows upstairs. There's a downstairs. There's, there's all kinds of stairs. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. And I'll tell you it's like Sanjana. I'm going to go back to the back door. Everybody is occupied. And if anybody looks at me, I'm going to look like a mourner. I'm really sad. It's a tragedy that his daughter died. I will point out that you are not dressed for mourning. Hold on. <laughs> but before I go in, I will cast Disguise Self. Ooh. I will take a cue from what uh, Moneybags was wearing. Okay. And plunk a veil on my head. I want to look middle class, appropriate mourning. And I want to look like an elf. Okay. So I have to note that on my sheet, right? Yes, please. I mean, if this is a form that you intend to go back to, then you can note that on your sheet. Okay, like morning elf? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, specifically, I'll call that morning elf. Morning elf and not morning in the daytime. You got it, right? Cool. Okay, so I'm in morning now. Morning elf, and I'm still stealthily going. I don't want anyone to see me. It's just if they do, they're just going to think I'm nondescript. Uh... All right, roll a fresh stealth check. Okay. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I rolled an eight. And she wearing heels that are too big for her? You can't auto-fail skill checks. That's the good news. The even better news is, is I rolled a four. So. <laughs> oh, okay. So you go unnoticed, generally unnoticed. You blend into the crowd. You're not exactly like quiet. It's not that nobody notices you, it's that nobody pays you any mind. That's perfect too. All right, so I'm going to schmooze with folks that aren't related to the family to find out who everyone is by the way of asking, oh, do you, do you know where the missus is? And, and, and where's Brayden? I, I, I haven't seen him yet. The answer is like, oh, the missus, oh, she's over there, but um, she's very busy right now. And, oh, Brayden, uh, yeah, Brayden was here earlier, but he's gone now. And Seymour Sr.? Um, I thought I, I think I saw him go upstairs. Um, oh yeah, uh, upstairs? Oh, uh, I think he went upstairs. The general consensus is that, uh, oh, he, he must have gone upstairs. Okay. All right, I'm going to stealthily go upstairs. Still, in the guise of looking for maybe a powder room or somewhere to collect my, my, my thoughts because it was a little bit too intense downstairs. But really, I'm going to look for, um... Seymour. All right. And see if I can sneak up on him. So I'm still doing my little stealthy thing in the clothes I do not like wearing, by the way. Uh-huh. Oh, real quick. Mm -hmm. Let's do a quick flashback and go back to when you open that envelope and you got the details about your mark. Okay. Remember when I told you that it contained information about what Seymour Sr. looks like and where he worked and that sort of thing? Uh-huh. Well, it also contained at the bottom of the page, if you recall, the instructions for a ritual. Now, I'm going to go over with you now what that ritual entails. The first step of the ritual is that you have to confirm his identity. Okay. Basically, you have to get him somehow to admit that he is Seymour Bavour Dewey Sr. 
Then after he has admitted that, you have to present him with the additional black envelope, like those uh, those bill return envelopes. Right. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So you have to present him with this black envelope. Whether he takes it or not doesn't actually matter. Oh, okay. But as long as his identity is confirmed and you've presented him with the summons from hell, he then has to die. By he has to die means I have to kill him or he's just going to drop dead. You are going to have to kill him. How you kill him does not matter. Okay. It would be easier if he does accept his fate and accepts the envelope. But if he doesn't accept the envelope, then as long as he dies within a certain area of that envelope, things will work out. <sighs> okay. Noted. No pressure. Remember, he has to confirm his identity. You have to present him with the envelope. Then he has to die. Now that we've gone over what the ritual is, you're on the stairs, you're up the stairs. Uh, going upstairs and looking in every room, calling out for Brayden. Brayden, they said Brayden was downstairs, right? They said Brayden left earlier. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to be calling not too loudly so that it, my voice does not carry downstairs. Brayden? Uh, so you're checking every room? Checking every room. So you check the first room, nothing. You check the next room, nothing. Third room, nothing. And so on and so forth. Until you reach a room, when you open the door, you see that there is a large canopy bed with a, well, I'm trying not to sound insensitive, with a, a relatively pretty corpse in the bed. It looks like she would have been fairly young in dwarven years, and she is a pale gray color, like, no, like completely ashen, no color, sallow. And at the side of the bed holding her hand is a bald but long side-haired dwarf with a short-cropped gray beard just holding her hand to his forehead. And he barely notices you enter the room. Okay, pause for a second. Yes. Damn, Scott! Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood surly turtle, Greg. And your social media manager, DeSombro. Just cutting in for a quick shameless self-promotion to tell you to like, share, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To take part in polls or ask questions that you'd like us to answer in future Wine and Spirits episodes, or just to enjoy some spicy memes. To find all our handles in one convenient place, you can visit us on our website at rfedpod.com. If you like our show, sharing the show with your friends or leaving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice will really help us grow and reach more people. And if you have a project or a business you'd like to promote on the show, reach out to us at rfedpod at gmail.com. Bambi. Yes, sir. This woman is just crying into your chest, the deepest of sobs. It's been 10 minutes of her crying, 15 minutes of her crying. You feel kind of bad, but at the same time, you've been with that friend. She's crying a long time. This is getting kind of boring. Darling, let me walk you home. Is your mama in town? I'm not from town. I came to this stupid place for him. How? 
Yo, I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm going to find this guy and just kill him. How about I give you directions somewhere? I'll walk you halfway there. Okay. And she ruffles in her bag and rips out a, a piece of paper from one of the backs of a journal. Mm-hmm. Turns it over and scribbles something real quick, folds it up and puts it in her hand and they start to walk. When you get there, the woman who answers the door and she chokes a second, her name's Jametta. She's a real nice woman. And you're going to say that you met me a month ago and that if anything ever happened, I told you to go to me or to go to her. And that you needed to come to her. You understand? Um, why a month ago? That's a story for another time, darling. And I, I promise you I'll tell you one day. A month ago. Sure. Good. And she walks her to... About to where the library is. She, she gives her the rest of the directions. And she holds her hand for a second. And kind of relishes that warmth for just another moment. Before she lets go. And... Books it back down the street. Okay. As you hold that hand and feel that warmth, there's a sort of scent of wildflowers and a sensation that you might be about to cry. But of course, no tears come. Color? So yellow and then lime green. Okay. Because now you actually know the way to the library after going around in circles with Greg for a while, you're able to make it back much faster. Maybe half an hour passes there and back again. Just as you're turning the corner, going toward the green kettle, the front door of the bar slams open and this big hulking shape with a humanoid slumped over its shoulder singing this really actually kind of catchy song if it wasn't sung so badly. They're just going north going up away from you, making a lot of noise doing so. All right, she's going to follow from a little bit of a distance, but she follows. Right. I'm not even going to make you roll a stealth check. There's no way this guy's noticing anything. Uh, and besides, with Greg's earlier role about perception of uh, getting of seeing if anybody was on the way down the alley, Greg doesn't even know you're coming. <laughs> so you are at the corner of the alley, and you see Greg holding this person, bringing them close, holding the back of their head in their claw, pulling it back, and neck extends, snapping turtle maw shuts, click. It's like a parrot grabbing down and the tongue just kind of... <laughs> it, it is not sexy. It is not dignified. It is just... It's just weird. And... <laughs> After a while, the hand is just scratching against the shell and the claw digs deeper and the beak snaps a little harder. (laughs) It's it's not even like deep because it's a high-pitched like clicking of saliva. So it is like, it's high-pitched. Right. As awesome as it felt in the moment to Greg, it looks nothing like that from the outside. (laughs) It is totally undignified. Um, (laughs) It is really just upsetting to watch. <laughs> like a train wreck. You can't look away. And she goes to reach for her notebook to write this down and then realizes that Greg has the notebook. She doesn't move. She's just kind of frozen. 
deer in the headlights, fittingly. <laughs> a pigeon toed knees kind of together, postures almost a little bit terrified. Because now she she doesn't have her book. That's her comfort thing. She can't write it down. The scary thing that's happening isn't science anymore. It's just scary. Yeah. You you get that sensation in your mouth where your food is the wrong texture. Color. Purple. So after a certain point, the color in the cheeks of this person has gone from normal regional skin tone to completely sapped out, no color in the cheeks, gray, with blue lips, and is this hanging limp husk. And Greg, eventually your beak unclamps and this guy just drops to the ground. And there's Bambi. Uh. <laughs> if she still had bodily functions, she might have peed a little. I think Greg was kind of in the moment, very, feeling very intense. It feels very warm, tingly all over, and everything is sharper, and little quick movements are just easy to follow. It's very familiar. Very. And that is something that he's really excited about, but at the same time, it kind of hurts him. And when he sees Bambi right there, he feels horrified. And then he goes, so wait, were you there the whole time? Most of it, I think. Ugh. Oh, God, I'm sorry you had to see that. It's, it's our new normal, I, I suppose. Um, Jaina, his wife, I sent her somewhere where she'll be taken care of. Good. This piece of shit, why don't you send him somewhere that he won't be taken care of? I don't understand. Eat the bastard. Uh, I, 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 I'm, Greg, I, I don't, I don't think I'm hungry. So, just a real quick aside, we don't have to keep this in. You have eaten before, Bambi. Yeah, but she has human. Yeah, you ate small woodland creature. You ate log. You ate a fern that had died. You were decomposing things. I have not eaten flesh. I have eaten plant. Vegetarian mushroom up until this point. Maybe also a fox. You know that stock video of a fox getting bloated and then the worms coming out? I've seen it. No. You've seen that. Come on. I showed it in class. <laughs> you showed it in class? Of course. We were doing a unit on the decomposition stuff. I don't remember that. <sighs> you know what? Never mind. Never mind. I'm more horrified that you chose a fox. It's a, it's a common uh, time-lapse movie. I would remember that if I was there. I do not remember. Especially since I would have, I would be interested to watch something like that. You remember the Beetle Room? Yeah. Kind of like that. You mentioning it, I smell it in my nose. It feels kind of like what happens when you cast Druidcraft. But instead of you using magic to decompose a thing, you're actually using a piece of yourself you just sort of spread into the thing and it decomposes quickly and you gain its nutrients. It's vital, precious fluids. Greg has offered and she looks panicked and she's like, I, I'm not hungry. I, I think I can still go a little bit longer. I, she, but she's, her hands are already on her stomach. Like she's starving. Honey, you can't live like this or be undead like this. Unfortunately, and this is unfortunate. This is our reality. And she's in silence. She's kind of zoned out a little bit, but she nods. And then she 
slowly walks over and looks at the corpse. And in a moment of letting herself feel something other than scared, she kicks it. Like, all the power in her body just kicks the guy. And then takes a swallow and kneels down. She turns her back to Greg, almost trying to hide herself. Consciously, she knows that he's going to be able to see everything. He's a lot taller than she is anyway. Probably sees over her head. But it's a little more comforting to not see him as she does it. And she finally puts her hands on him. Greg, I'll let you determine how much of this you actually see without making you roll for it. Bambi, for a moment, you feel all of that sense of your surroundings, that 10-foot radius where you just know and feel everything. Like Pac-Man when he dies, from the back of your head goes from 360 to 270 to 180 to 90 to 45 to a very narrow focus. From the outside, it looks like a hazy mist is forming in a wave emanating from behind Bambi. If you look closely, the thick, pulsing, veiny mycelium visible on any exposed skin of her neck and arms start to form these tumorous bulges, which grow into little brown mushrooms with white spots on short, flesh-colored stalks. With a series of soft puffs, the mushrooms split and release thick clouds of spores that drift forward, joining the dusty mist coalescing around Bambi. Bambi, the cloud you have generated drifts forward, covering the corpse before you. For a few seconds, as the spores settle, nothing happens, and then, as quickly as you could snap your fingers, a new series of thick, pulsing mycelial networks spread across the surface of the body, starting from the eyes, ears, nose, mouth, any open wounds. Within seconds, the body is fully impregnated with your fungus. And for a brief moment, this corpse is an extension of yourself. Your hand twitches, and perhaps it was a trick of the shadows in this alleyway, but you could swear you saw the hand mirror your movement. Then the body starts to shrivel, deflating like a souffle, sprouting similar brown mushrooms with white spots on flesh-colored stalks that burst puff, into a fresh, almost sparkling cloud of spores that hang above Jean for a fraction of a second before flooding toward you, onto you, into you. While the pulsing mycelial network across your body doesn't cease, the flesh around it swells. The split caps of the brown mushrooms with white spots on flesh-colored stalks shrink and fall away, leaving behind smooth skin. The natural folds and creases of your skin that had looked blackened with mold like you might find in the grout of your shower fade, and now your complexion while still unnaturally pallid and gray, is at least even. Even the perpetual scent of mildew coming off of you is less pungent now. With a little blush or rouge, you might be able to pass as a living, breathing woman again. All that remains of Jean is a blackened, mold-covered husk, composed of clothing, bones, hair, fingernails, 
and tattered fragments of mushroom-covered skin laying atop a greasy puddle of liquefied person. As you're engrossed, Greg, in viewing this scene occurring, you just hear from behind you, what the f*** is going on here? Uh, no! no! Why did I fail the perception check? <laughs> We've been caught! All right, so high banked, um, or rather, Tommy, um, <laughs> or you mean Osvaldo? <laughs> oh yes, Osvaldo. Mm. Yeah. So last time we saw Banked, he was in Osvaldo beefy boy human form. Yes. Uh, chillaxing at the Goodyear, threatening some local businessmen, as oh, I recall. So exciting. It is around 10 p.m. ish. Okay. And a familiar face walks in, Mr. Gillette, Ugh. the banker you met when you joined the ill-fated Platinum Mercenary Program, TM. Uh-huh. Is he, like, shaven? Does he look like he used a Gillette razor on his face? It's the closest of shaves. No, um, of course, of course. not a sponsor, although I think Harry sponsors a lot of podcasts. I'm interested to know if they're... <laughs> <laughs> I love how easily so far we've gone from Banked doing a personal wine <laughs> sponsor and now, and now Mr. Gillette being like, it's the closest shave you'll ever get. <laughs> yes, normally I shaved with my namesake, but now <laughs> not a plug yet. Pay sure. us and we'll plug sure. you. Sure. Yeah. So after you've seen Mr. Gillette, uh what sorts of thoughts are going through your uh your brain goo? Oh, it's hilarious cuz I'm my character is one of the more lawful characters in the party, but I want to kill him and get away with it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that Tommy talking or Bank talking? Uh, that's Tommy talking. <laughs> uh, and there's a difference between Tommy and Bank. To all of the people listening to this who have played D&D before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I think Bank, oh no, as Faldo, the new face of Bank. Yes, the beefy boy human form. By the way, I'm thinking as Valdo looks like Adam Driver. Interesting. Perhaps with a different face. But that's kind of where it was going. Like, tall, broad shoulders, a little bit scary. <laughs> and always speaking with just a little bit of a uh, New Yorker accent. Does he have a New York accent? He has a little bit of a Brooklyn accent yeah. all the time. Interesting. Okay. So uh, I think what Banked is going to do, mm -hmm. his face as Valdo has been used too much. So he's going to leave the Goodyear, is going to go around into a corner, and is going to take on a different face. I'm going to call this face Seymour. Interesting choice. Yeah. And it's spelt horribly. <laughs> and, uh... Is it S-Y-M-O-R? Yeah, something strange. <laughs> I, I believe there's like an H and a Z in there somewhere. Oh, um <laughs> No, uh, yeah, he's, he's going to turn to somebody, another human male, I'll say older, I'll make him look a little bit more noble, but a little less honorable, you know what I mean? No idea what you're talking about. Like that uncle that always goes to Christmas parties and always gives you, like, money, but you don't know who he is? Uh, I do not have that experience. Uh, so I'm going to turn into an elderly man that looks like he has money, but looks 
not very wise. I'm assuming that uh, you're you're going to express a pot belly because of yes. the most recent. Yeah. And this and this time I'm going to play it off as fat instead of build. Okay. All right. So you're going with a fat noble, and this is Seymour spelled weird. Uh, I assume that you'll be putting that on your sheet. Yeah, I'm actually doing that right now. Fancy. Okay. How long uh, does this process take, the choosing of your face, putting on your war paint, as it were? Well, I remember, I'm going out into an alley, and then doing it, and then coming right out. So the transformation's not going to be, you know, too long. There's any number of very convenient alleyways. Yeah, I do that. I have the wine bottle, don't I? Well, you never specified that you were picking it up on your way out. Oh, excuse me. I would definitely pick it up and carry it on my way out. I, I assumed it was in my hands the entire time. Okay, so you're keeping it in your goo now? Yeah, I'll have it in my... Uh, excuse me for a moment while I roll something. <laughs> if it'll just shatter. It's always a distinctive possibility, and remember what happened the last time you drank wine. Sure. So thank you for giving me that time bomb. <laughs> okay, well I'm not gonna have it in me for too long. I would like to go back in after all of that is good and done, and I would like to get a table. So the Goodyear Maitre D shows you to a table, and Juan comes around. And what will you be having, sir, this evening? Um, can I? Uh, my son likes to re- recommend uh, the glass of uh, Chardonnay. Chardonnay, of course. Yes. We have a large selection of different wineries. Would you care to peruse the menu? Um, you know what? Uh, I I respect the judgment of anyone who works in this establishment long enough. Uh, what would you say is your favorite? Well, uh... Come on, come on, talk about wines. <laughs> you know, you're on thin ice here. Uh, uh-huh. Hold okay. on, I'm going to roll something real quick. <laughs> the entire place just explodes. <laughs> Tarras comes around the corner. Um, I try to make it a policy that I don't take revenge on my players. Sure, sure. That said, I just rolled a one. And what was that one for? It was for the constitution saving throw of the wine cork. Okay, I see. So does it explode or does it just start leaking? Oh, it's going to start leaking and you're going to feel it immediately. Okay. You know that feeling? When you realize, oh, I gotta get to the bathroom now. I, I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to tell Juan, uh, I, I'm sorry, young man, do you know where your nearest bathroom is? Make a charisma saving throw. Charisma saving? Oh, because- Charisma saving throw, to maintain form. Okay, okay. And not descend into a pile of goo. I rolled a natural 20. Okay, you keep it together. Mm-hmm. But that wine is still leaking. Yeah, yeah. The bathroom, sir, would be in the back. He gestures to you, palm up. Is he also asking for money? Is that what no, that is? No, no, okay, no. Okay, okay, okay. It's a more polite way to point a direction. If you use your whole hand and you point palm up. That way, you're not, like, pointing, because in, in in our culture, it's rude to point, but... Sure. I was wondering if he was going to use the, the Mickey point. But okay, I'll go into the back, and I will take out the line that I'm sure is spoiled from my clay face insides. Oh, yes. A good amount of it has mixed thoroughly with you, and it is now more you than wine. Interesting. I am going to 
is the restroom does it have like a toilet chute or does it is it like a bucket like what's going on so in medieval plumbing such as it is mm. it's really more of a hole in the ground this is such a nice place though i mean yes so in this situation it would be like you step up to a high vantage point and the stairs have a handle on them so you can pull the stairs out and remove a tank Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm going to take out the bottle. I'm going to pour all of it into the tank. And I'm going to, if there's a clean bucket of water, I'm going to rinse out the bottle as best I can and put it nicely in a corner. You have this very strange sensation. You feel like you're in two places at once. Oh, God. Even with a natural 20, I'm somewhat drunk. <laughs> no, you are literally in two places at once. As in, I've split? As in, you've just dumped part of your body down into a toilet. Oh. Oh, I see. Is there any way for me to separate it and have it come back into my body? There are a number of things you could do, but not while still under the influence of this alcohol. What you're probably going to need to do you're going to need to reconnect the parts of yourself and you're going to need to sort of increase your viscosity somehow. And this is in reference to taking the goo that was once part of me from inside the bucket. Let's do a quick flashback. Okay. Is there any point since your reconstitution as a goo man that you ever had a part of yourself separated from the whole? Probably not, because you kind of yada 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 over it. I don't know offhand if there would have been a situation. I'm asking you if you want there to have been a time when you did something like this. Um, I don't think that there would have been. All right, so in that case, I'm going to have to let you flounder and figure it out for yourself. Okay, that's fine. I am going to just leave it. I'm going to walk out, even if it is, you know, not good for me. That's what my character would do. That said, we still haven't really resolved your whole viscosity issue. No. I'll let you know the results of that uh, in a moment. Go on. And I'm going to walk back to my seat, and I am going to try to get a good view of Mr. Gillette. At a certain point, Juan is going to wander back over and briefly mention to you, sir, in your haste, you neglected to tell me whether you wished for a glass or a bottle. I would like to just buy a glass. Very good, sir. Of the house blend. He goes to the back, and he's back within two, three minutes, and puts a glass of Chardonnay house blend in front of you. Thank you, good sir. And I will pretend to sip it. Well, no one's really paying attention to you, but un unless you call attention to yourself, I won't have. To, I won't make you roll a performance check. Nope. Pinky up or no pinky? For the other character, yes, but for this character, no. And I'm going to be looking around the room for Mr. Gillette. Well, he's there, um, and he seems to be eating dinner at a nice leisurely pace. Is he with anyone? No, he's by himself. I'm going to stand up. How do I feel? Wobbly. Okay. Sort of uh, sloshy. What age is he again? He'd be in his mid to late 50s equivalent. Because he's a human in medieval times, he'd probably be, you know, late 30s. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's probably in his mid to late 50s. Young man, I'm sorry. You look an awful lot like my grandson. Is your name Stephen, by chance? No, it is not. However, I'm glad to be recognized as someone other than 
uh, silly old man. Silly old man. Oh, please. <laughs> you only have a couple gray hairs. Uh, would you mind if I sit at your table? I, I, I'm sorry. I haven't eaten alone and, or I haven't sipped wine in quite a long, long, long time. Of course, of course. Please join me. You know, my grandson, he was a traveling merchant and he dealt with a lot of artifacts and whatnot. Uh, and you seem to be of the same sort, which is why I mistaked you. Are you also in the financing business or something? Why, yes. How could you tell? Oh, I could tell from the suit. <laughs> oh, I miss that boy so much. I'm going to need a deception check from you at disadvantage. At disadvantage. Okay. Yes. So the first one is natural 20. Again? My. Yeah. And the second one is a natural 11, which makes it a 17. All right. Why the long face? Sorry, I don't believe that I... I, I don't mean to sound or seem upset or sad. I'm not upset at all. I'm sorry if I gave that impression... Oh, no, no, it's fine. Um, you must understand, then, when, that with age, your ability to read people and make sound judgments are off. Wouldn't you say? I am thankful that I have not experienced such things. Mm, indeed. Out of curiosity, what is it that you do for, for work if it's not also a traveling salesman? I made my fortune in the silk-weaving industry, so... A rare industry indeed. Yes. I work at the Bank of Bohm's Landing, the Our Holy Matron of Commerce. I'm sure you've heard of OHMCB. Yes, yes, of course. I, I'm, I'm amazed at myself to be in the presence of such great company. Under normal circumstances, I would not be here this evening, but it has been a good day. I see. A good day? A good day how? Check something real quick. Hold on. I'm just poking and prodding. Mm-hmm. All right. There we go. A wealthy client payment arrived from a foreign bank. Oh, I'm certain to get a bonus. I'm very pleased. So I've treat decided to treat myself this evening. He takes a sip of wine and takes a mouthful of food. My wife and children have gone to the countryside. You sent your wife and kids to a, a nice, luxurious place, I assume? I, I myself, personally, am from Hazelside. No, my wife is going to visit her parents. Oh. I was delayed in town for work. But Hazelside, you say? Yes, yes. Interesting. We get some correspondence and some business from there. Not as much as I would hope. You said that you were in the silk-weaving business. Yes, we recently actually bought out a new headquarters in Hazelside, so... You're still involved with this business? I'm not anymore. I, I am retired. I, I passed it on to my kids, but my kids' kids have refused the business, so... Here I am, without much family around me. I would be most interested in an introduction to those who are in decision-making capacities in your silk business. After all, we at the bank are very interested in diversification. Who else is in the room? There is a waitstaff, uh, since you drove three people away. There's a few people uh, scattered here and there, um, a few people smoking cigars in a little lounge area in the back, but not too many people are eating at a table. 
I'll say, um, yes, the people that still run my business are quite intelligent and have developed a, a beautiful life for themselves. Plenty of kids, kids, kids. And... If you don't mind my asking, hmm. what brings you to Bomb's Landing? Well, the reasoning is actually a little bit more macabre. I don't mean to pry. Well, I have many, many grandchildren, and um, my youngest, um, his name is Bengt. You might have heard of him. He's recently gone missing, and uh, I just, I had to try to come and see if he was possibly, I don't know, meddling around with some, with some disgraceful business or whatnot. Bengt? That name is familiar to me. Yes, um, from the House of Marceau, you, you might know him. Well, you actually might not. Um, he doesn't seem like the type that would uh, be interested in, in or boring stuff like you and I like. Bengt Marceau. Yes. Would this possibly have been a lieutenant, Bengt Marceau? Yes. Yes, in fact, he was. Of the Quillity Regular Division? Yes, indeed. Honorably discharged? Indeed. You know of him? Hmm. I'm afraid I may have some unfortunate news for you. Do you? Come on, let it out. Would you like another glass of Chardonnay? No, I think I'm done. What news do you have for me? <clears throat> Your grandson. I'll, I'll, I'll get close to him, by the way. I'm not going to get super close to him, but I'm going to get close enough. Okay, so, but you're getting closer. I am within five feet. Okay. Roll, roll a d20, just generally speaking. <laughs> Got a natural one. All right, so this is going to be a charisma. So what's your modifier? Plus four. As is, any skill, or is it just a... This was an opposed roll, but because you are a PC with higher stats, you won. Okay. I'm afraid that your grandson, at some point, less than a month ago, was enrolled in a new program for mercenary work with OHMCB, and in the course of his first mercenary assignment, he was lost. I can give you more details regarding the specifics of what transpired if you'll come to the bank in the morning. I can give you proper documentation that shows certificate of missing in action, presumed dead, if there are insurance concerns. I do hate to be the bearer of bad news. I'm afraid I am leaving tonight, actually. Is there any way that we can do it now? I, 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 don't, I don't mean to put this on you, and I'm sure you have a life, um, but... Um... If you wouldn't mind leaving me some contact details or perhaps a mailing address, I can have those papers forwarded to you in Quillity in Hazelside. But unfortunately, I cannot enter the bank premises after hours for security reasons. Um, all right. Do I know any of the addresses of any of the inns in town? Of any of the inns where? In town, in, in Bones Landing. Oh, in Bones Landing? Yeah. 
Hmm. Make an intelligence check. Sure. Uh, 13. You remember the rough whereabouts of the soft sheets? Okay. Uh, from your breakfast there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you don't necessarily remember the specific street number, but you remember vaguely how to get there. I could send you where I am currently at. I'm at the soft sheets. The inn, the restaurant. Is there any way that you could send my send the information there? I, I, I really should leave sometime soon, though. Of course, I will have those documents sent to the soft sheets establishment. Yes. First thing in the morning. If, if you would like a name uh, to match that, uh, my name is Seymour uh, uh, Marceau. Seymour Marceau. Any particular spelling? Go wild. <laughs> you want me, the DM, to go wild, or you yeah, want? No, 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 you, the DM, to go wild. Okay, so uh, <laughs> let's H's. go with yes. <laughs> let's make it ridiculous. All right, let's do this. Um, uh, so S Z Y M O H R E. Oh, I see. So it's like it's like Shimor. Yes, like Shimor. Yeah. It looks like Shimora <laughs> because of the R E at the end. <laughs> Shimora. G- that's Shimore. <laughs> when the moon hits the I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him, you know, so actually, you actually like did you make this older, fatter Shimore uh, actually look like Banks' grandfather or Um I think yes. So I, yes, yes. And is Jamore the actual like spelling now? Is this now canon? It is now canon. <laughs> Banks' actual grandfather, Jamore Marceau. Actual late grandfather. Yeah. All right. Just in case, because there's not two Jamores walking around. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fun if you had given him your home address, and then a letter arrived for Jamore Marceau, and your mother opens it, and she's like, "What the hell, Daddy?" <laughs> Seymour, Zamore. <laughs> Zamore. You know, we've always talked about how Marceau kind of has this French implication. You know? Yes, adding the X was a fantastic touch. Yeah. Where is the X, by the way? <laughs> it's on the very end of your name. Oh, oh, oh. I thought I thought you meant for Seymour. I was like, <laughs> what? We've oh, added you want an me to add an X? Let's add an X. Sure. S, X, Z, Y. Sure, why not? How about X, Z, Y? M O H R E Shimore. All right, all right. No S. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shimore. <laughs> it went from Seymour to Shimore. Shimore. That is, you know, my name is Shimore Marceau. Marceau. I've never been to Paris, but I feel like they're not going to want me anymore. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. You'll, you'll be banned by reputation. Still be a man again. <laughs> and now that we've alienated French listeners. Yes, I'm, I'm so sorry for any of our French listeners. You must understand. <laughs> you must understand. We are but dumb Americans. We are but dumb Americans. That is true, though, so I'm sure they'll understand. Shimnai. I have good news and bad news. Okay, good news first. So the good news is, is that you've completely duped him through a series of terrible roles on my part (laughs) that just managed to fail against your terrible roles. You've managed to dupe him into thinking that you are, in fact, your character's deceased grandfather. Yes. 
The bad news that I have for you is that your previous decision and my previous bad rolls have caught up to bite you in the butt. And you're going to hear a crash as a door in the back of the establishment is flung open and slams against the wall. And a mound of very, very stinky black goo pulses and rides <laughs> out of the bathroom, just spreading across the floor, little tendrils rising up and slapping down and pseudopoding forward. Is it gonna come over to me? Yes, yes it is. Thank you for listening to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. It would really help us if you subscribed, shared, and left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our theme music is by Taylor Calise, and our thumbnail art is by John Bliss. You can find more of his work on Twitter at John Blissart, that's at J-O-N-B-L-I-S-S-A-R-T. Our episodes are produced by me and co-edited by our resident Mushroom Gin. Our social media manager is our favorite surly turtle, DeSombra. Find more about our various social medias by visiting our website, rfedpod.com.